Welcome to the Powercast with Charlie Johnson. I'm one of the world's leading fitness and transformation coaches. I'm going to be providing you with the tools to build your ultimate body and mind. So, absolute pleasure today to have superstar CJ coaching coach Jeremy on the podcast uh, with myself. We do a client Q and A uh, to try and help educate and dominate for the rest of the year for us. How are you doing, Jeremy? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you, mate. How are you? Yeah, very good, very good. Just got back from training session number two of the day, so I can't complain, so I can't complain. Nice. Um, what was that? <laughs> mate, a weird one. I did uh, <laughs> triceps and calves together, and I did shoulders this morning, but like, it sounds a bit weird, okay. but it, it was quite a two lot. horseshoes. <laughs> it's fair, though. My calves are actually responding really well from like, I spent like half an hour just in calves, so the extra volume. Decent. What did what did you do for him today? Because I I know at the moment you like doing these absolutely right, so not job workouts on him. It was like mental, and it was pretty savage to be fair. So I, mean, I have to get up. And- <laughs> <laughs> so I was doing a standing calf raise. That's all I did, and it took about twenty minutes. So basically, I was doing nice three reps, ten seconds up, ten seconds down, which is like pretty, which is very very slow, and then a ten yeah. second rest, five seconds up, five seconds down for forward five rest reps. Rest 10 seconds, then normal reps for 8 to 10 reps, rest 10 seconds, and then partials or bottom to failure, rest 10 seconds, and hold a weight stretch for a minute. So that then, I, then I repeated that four times. Um, so that's one, two, three, four, five. That's basically five sets in one set. Uh, times I love that. Yeah, it was pretty bad. People looked at me like I was slightly psychotic doing calves for that long, but <laughs> I, I will force them to grow. They will grow. Yeah, especially because I, I don't know about you, but I find calf cramps the worst of like yeah. all the muscles. It's when you're doing like a weighted stretch on calves, it's highly unpleasant. So Yeah, 100%. Um, so the podcast this evening, we're going to do some clients' questions. So first up, we're going through alcohol, drinking, and fat loss, and performance, and muscle gain. So if you're serious, in my opinion about getting the best shape of your life or building muscle or being the best you can be, I would say that if you're in particular, say, for example, you just signed up for the Shrednate program with us, then you need to knock the alcohol on the head for just eight weeks. Eight weeks is not a long period of your life to be cutting out alcohol. Uh, what do you think, Jeremy? Yeah, I totally agree. And I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you've come to a place where you've decided to spend money to invest in yourself and spend eight weeks with us to help transform yourself completely. And, you know, alcohol is one of those things where you could fit it in if you reduce calories here and there, but it's not going to be optimal whatsoever. And as Charlie said, it's, it's only eight weeks. I'm sure you can do that for eight weeks. And then if you do want to get back on it afterwards, then feel free to do so. But whilst you're doing the programs, then you might as well go all in. And the way I look at it is if you look at, so in terms of macros and calories, so protein and carbs are four, uh, four calories per gram. Fat is nine calories per gram. Alcohol is seven calories per gram. So it's actually more calories in alcohol than some protein and fat. So therefore I would rather eat my calories than drink them. Um, 100%. The way I would look at it. Um, so this is where a lot of people struggle and they put on a lot of weight and they're not eating a lot because they drink, drink a hell of a lot of alcohol. Um, yeah very sugary cocktails and things like that that are laced with carbs um that's a recipe for fat gain and what also tends to happen when people drink is it's not just drinking you lose your inhibitions you're then in mcdonald's after drinking you smash another thousand calories of uh, crap down and then yeah. you go in, the next day you're hung over you don't want to eat you can't be asked to go to the gym 
you just end up lying on the sofa ordering Domino's and basically that's two days written off. You've probably gone backwards a week for probably three to four hours of getting pissed and enjoying yourself. So yeah, that's exactly it. And depending on your age, it might even take you more than those two days. The knock on effect might be oh, for right. like three or four. I think yeah. I've got like the biological age of like a 90 year old. <laughs> but if I go out and say a Saturday night, by th- it takes me to about Thursday if I feel normal again. Yeah, like, literally. Hence why that happens like once a year. Um, yeah, it's just not worth it. No, no, not at all, not at all. If you are, however, going to drink, I'm going to offer you some simple advice. And I would always do, what I recommend to my clients is go for a clear spirit and a diet mix or something like a gin and slimline tonic and or a vodka diet coke, vodka soda water, something like that would be probably my go-to or maybe a glass of red wine once a week for dinner. It's not the end of the world. But if you're trying to be strict, you want to get the best results you can, just knock it on the head. Have you, have you got any secret um, French drinks that you like, Jeremy? Well, for me, to be fair, if I do end up drinking, uh, being French, I'll usually go for like a nice glass of red with my meal. Yeah. Which isn't too bad. It's everything in moderation at the end of the day. Really, and to be, in the greatest way, there's actually some health benefits to decent red wine. So Yeah, exactly. Like one glass of that a week, probably not that much of an issue, but as long as you keep it within the realm of one glass, not one bottle and like one bottle a night, then you're, uh, you'll be fine. And even then, as much as I love my red wine, if I am trying to, to reach a specific physique target, then I will knock it on the head. It's prioritizing. Like you can't... Yeah can't have everything in life all the time. So if you want to, you can't have a cake and eat it and then get shredded at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Um, I heard this really cool saying one time and it was one of the British Olympic rowing teams that used to ask themselves this question whenever they were going when to, whenever they were debating doing something or not doing it and they'd ask themselves, is this going to make the boat go faster? And that. if the answer was no, then Why don't do it. Do it. And if the answer is yes, then yeah, go ahead and do it. Great, great answer. I love that. It's a very good analogy. Will yeah, this alcohol help me get more shredded? That's the question. Exactly. It just it depends how bad you want it at the end of the day. Exactly. It's priorities. If something's important to you, you'll do it. And that's what, that's what I always say. So, 100%. If you're looking to get lean, not drinking on the head is both our opinions for the CJ coaching squad. Um, the next question up, uh, struggling to overcome emotional eating. That's quite an open topic. Um, yeah. For me, like that can be a lot of things that can set that off. And the first thing I would look at is probably trying to work out what's triggering the emotional eating and what's leading you to try and use food as a coping mechanism is probably what I'd suggest. Um, for me, like I like part of the reason I love training now, I train a lot twice a day is for me, like that's probably my emotional coping mechanism for like helping me relax and like de-stress and take my mind away from other tasks. So that's probably how I try to relax. But what I would suggest is you try and find something else you use as a habit that you love doing that you reach out to instead of going for eating. So like if you love walking, go outside for a walk, if you love playing video games, going to the cinema, whatever it is, find something you love that'll make you happy. That isn't food. Um, I don't know if you've got anything else you'd add into that, Jeremy. I think you've hit the nail on the head with that, really, because I think that it's more the emotional response that having that food triggers that makes people crave it rather than the actual food itself. So, as you said, if you find something else that gives you that same um, endorphin release, then you can easily replace it with the food. And then 
one thing that I always try and remind myself, because even I go through this sometimes, if I've had a bit of a down day or whatever, and I think, oh, I know what will really sort me out, a massive pizza. And then... <laughs> Never like, know, it's I, shit afterwards. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that's exactly it. Then I need to remember how crap I feel actually after having the pizza, because I think, God's sake, I've literally just ruined probably like the last four days of calorie deficit that I've just accumulated in one pizza thing. Yeah. And it's just not worth it. Right. And it's even like in a... Not that, talking about the how food can have a bad bad reaction with you, for example. Like even I went out for dinner last night with Charlotte, we went for a Thai meal and like, it wasn't like bad food. And I had like, um, steak, chicken satay, some rice and pad thai and probably some nice. like, greasy fried squid thing. And like, I think the, the oils and the food, are like upset my stomach. And then like today my stomach's a bit off. I feel bloated. And, like, yeah. I'm trying well, to get 500 grams of carbs that. a day. What's that? Yeah. Us three said it, you, me and Mike said it when we went to, um, that restaurant in Nottingham the next day didn't we oh, yeah 100 100%, 100 it's the um so a lot of the time when you're eating out what actually upsets your stomach and makes you feel a bit off the next day is the oils they cook the food in so a lot of it's very oily and greasy and a lot of high fat and that's what tends to cause the issues in terms of digestively your stomach's not used to it and can't cope very well with it and that's why the next day your stomach feels very off bloated you have bad stools all those sort of things so then like say in my current situation at the moment, i'm trying to push a lot of food in so I'm trying to put 500 grams of carbs plus having a slightly off stomach. It's not necessarily the greatest feeling in the world. So no, <laughs> no. Like I think that's the one thing you have to think is like it's great and cool to think like uh, as food as fuel, but then you've also got to think like pick food that your body likes and loves you, not you food that you love. So eat foods your body loves, not food you emotionally love. Would be another thing that I would suggest. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, that way you generally just feel phenomenal and a lot, lot better. And also hopefully break the cycle of emotional eating anyway. So ultimately you have to understand that you're in control of every action that you take. So if you decide to go and eat a load of shit because you've had a row with your missus, that's your own action. You've decided to do that. No one else other than yourself. You can't blame anyone else that your boss has given you shits. So you've reached out for the biscuits or whatever. That's your yeah. own conscious choice to put that in your mouth and eat that. So you just have to be aware and accountable to that, accountable to yourself. 100%. And sometimes, you know, I, I find that it's not even down to the emotions, it's down to convenience because yeah. uh, a lack of prep sometimes. If you've got a load of food already prepped in the fridge, then I think sometimes that alleviates the, the need to, uh, to go and get something else that's probably not as healthy. Yeah, and you can't go wrong then, can you? Yeah, exactly. Very, very straightforward. So... That would be the tip of the day. And also, like, if you are working with us guys and you do fuck up and you end up binging or you have a bad situation or anything like that, please just be open and honest because, like, myself and Jeremy, we're looking to you to communicate and pass on biofeedback from your bodies and your week and emotionally how you feel. And if you don't pass on that feedback, it's then difficult for us to, to interpret how we should take the right plans to go ahead to get you the best results possible. So we're not going to line you up and shoot you, but we just want to know like you have had an issue or whatever's happened. And then we can try and create um, the best solution to whatever the challenges you've had and then move forward. So uh, yeah, hundred percent. Cause the other thing as well is if you don't tell us, then we might start prematurely start taking away extra calories, food from yeah. your diets or adding in extra car um, cardio when there wasn't actually any need to. Yeah. And then, yeah. 
the calorie fairy came in and started reintroducing them without telling us. <laughs> I love that. That bastard calorie fairy. That's when I, <laughs> I start increasing people's cardio and their, their calories come down a little bit, yet they don't get leaner. And I'm like, hmm. Yeah. Something's going on here, my friend. Honestly, coach, I don't know what's going on. The plan's not working. <laughs> it's that, that midnight sleepwalking around eating. But. <laughs> Yeah, I just woke up and there were Reese's Pieces packets all over the bed. I don't know how they got there. Yeah, it wasn't me. I don't, I don't know how. I don't know. I'm covered in crumbs. Um, but also on a serious note, if you do get into a situation where you do binge eat or you lose control or whatever, don't then the next few days try and like swing back the other way by starving yourself or doing three hours of cardio a day. The best suggestion I give to anyone is just get back on plan, just get back into your training, forget about it, and just use it as fuel for the fire, motivation, and take it. 24 hours at a time to get your consistency back and really nail what you're doing. Um, that's the real key. Yeah, 100%. Because then it creates a vicious cycle of binge eating and then starving yourself or doing excess cardio and it just builds on that unhealthier relationship with food. Yeah, it's like what I would call the credit debit society with food. So like, you think like, oh shit, I've eaten a lot of crap so let's just go do two hours cardio tomorrow. And then you feel a bit, you feel crap because you've done so much exercise. Then you're like, oh, I'm going to eat another Domino's. Yeah. And then you repeat the cycle. So it's... Just, yeah, exactly. The cycle you would like to try and avoid, ideally. So um, let's try to keep out of that one. Uh, moving on to the next question, however. Um, so caffeine use. I have to admit, I'm a bit of caffeine. Well, not caffeine specifically. I am a coffee <laughs> caller, anyone who knows me. I love a Starbucks, a uh, large Americano with sugar-free vanilla and extra stevia sweetener very very good um fortunately there isn't any near my house otherwise i'd have no money and i'd probably, <laughs> probably dead from a caffeine overdose although i did work out because i'm sad and like to work these things out so if anyone wants to know how many um to, if to die from overdosing on caffeine so if you were to drink monster energy for example you'd have to drink so many cans of monster energy you would drown before the time the caffeine would kill you so I think it oh, works. Really? I think it works out. I think twenty cans. No, it was more than that. It was more than that. It was something stupid. Like it was, it was ridiculous, and you would you would die oh, trying decent. to drink the amount of caffeine. So like, not that I'm encouraging anyone to have like ten cans. Exactly. You, um, you physically cannot actually die from, from drinking too many monsters. Yeah, this is this is not a challenge. This is not medical advice, but don't. Do it. <laughs> I don't want to see a YouTube video that's coming out. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. The new uh, thirty monster challenge. Jesus. Not um, but in all seriousness, back to what we're talking about, so caffeine. Uh, in regards to caffeine use, I am a big fan of using it pre-workout. So whether you want to use a pre-workout supplement or just like a double espresso or something like that, it does work very, very well. And it's something I would highly recommend. Um, to try and like keep yourself sensitive to caffeine though, I would recommend if you are going to use a pre-workout supplement, don't use it all the time consistently. Have maybe a week or two off here or there just to resensitize yourself to the caffeine. And same as with um, just general caffeine use, maybe go for a week here and there where you'd use decaf uh, just to try and pull down your like your usage of it because it will build back up. Basically, when you use caffeine constantly, it's like any other drug, you build up a tolerance to it. So you will lose the effect and stimulation that you would need from caffeine that you get pre-workout would essentially just wear off. So um, it's like when I remember when I was younger, <laughs> have you ever tried BSN and explode the pre-workout? Yes. I used to love that back in the day. And then... I think that was the second one I ever tried. It's um, it's a very sickly taste though. But I remember yeah. it's um, that used to wear off really, really quickly. 
really, really quickly. Um, probably because I was using so much at the time. I think it's a <laughs> lemonade flavor or something, I think. Lemonade? I don't remember. Something like that. I can't remember. Yes. So yeah, that's my thoughts in caffeine. Ideally, I would just use it morning, uh, in the morning or pre-workout. Later in the day, I would try to avoid caffeine, even if you're training in the evening. If you really need it, go for a pre-workout, but it will have a knock-on effect to your sleep. Like last week, I trained later. I didn't use a pre-workout, I don't think. It didn't affect my sleep. I remember when we were at the CJ coaching seminar, Jeremy. Oh, God. (laughs) I did like a triple scoot into the mouth of uh, the Legacy Destiny. And I, I just went YOLO on it. And um, yeah, there, w- there wasn't a lot of sleep that night. I didn't sleep very well. <laughs> no surprise there. I knew I was, I was going to screw myself over. but yeah, was, it, was, it, was, it, was, it seemed worth it at the time when the uh, risk versus reward balance was The, the risk worth is worth games. I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm up for this. But in hindsight, it wasn't. So uh, <laughs> Kill your session at all costs. Yeah. Well, uh, have you got any other thoughts or bits to add in regards to caffeine, Jeremy, or experience from clients? Um, the other thing I'd say as well is sometimes, and I can get this as well, because I'm the same as you, I absolutely love a coffee, and I am quite partial to a monster energy drink as well. And uh, I find that too much caffeine, um, putting aside the sleep and getting used to the caffeine and caffeine tolerance and all that, um, it does upset my digestion up to a certain point. I've noticed um, the monsters do it. Much much yeah. Um, I think it's one of those things where it ends up having such an effect on your metabolism that it just upsets my digestion too much. So I've, I've learned my limits the hard way. <laughs> uh, I tell you what, I also become becoming a coffee connoisseur is I'm getting big into using the cafetiere. You being a Frenchman, you, you would love this. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so I, make, I take the time in the morning uh, to actually make, make proper coffee. And, nice. Um, simple tip for anyone out there as well. So if you actually use decent coffee, it's full of polyphenols and antioxidants. Um, so it's actually very, very good for you. Uh, yeah. No excuse of why I have like five cups a day. <laughs> <laughs> it's also Lovely vital to um, maintain the goodness in the coffee that once you've opened the bag, that you use it within a week and you also store it in a clear glass jar. Um, now, I'm not trying to encourage you to drink the entire bag in a week. <laughs> if you're leaving that in your, in your cupboard for months on end, you're losing all the goodness out of that. It's like anything else, it just degrades. So um, that's something to be aware of. If you're looking for coffee from the health benefits and for the goodness, make sure you use it within a week. It will sell it on the packet as well. Um, but try and store it once you've opened it. So on a clear glass jar will make a big difference. Yep. Just, just reminded me, I need to add that to my Tesco list that's going on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even joking either. Um, so next question up, we've got, um, if you're training in the morning and then you're now training in the evening, how do you move around your diet and nutrition? Do you want to take this one, Jeremy? Yeah, sure thing. Um, so uh, I've had this conversation a few times the last couple of weeks. And um, it, the most important thing with the nutrition surrounding the workout is to make sure that we intake carbs and the right amount of protein um, at the right time around your workouts to optimize um, the session's performance. So basically all you need to do, really simple, regardless of what time your pre-workout and post-workout meal is during the day, if you're training in the morning and we've set up your diets for an evening training day, all you have to do is move your pre-workout meal to your first meal of the day 
and then your post-workout meal straight afterwards. And then the rest of the meals, you can just split up how you want. Those ones don't matter too much in terms of order. It's just those two in particular that need to be eaten at those times around the workout. That's a superb answer. I completely concur. It's all to do with basically nutrient timing and your body using nutrients efficiently. So if you think about it from a scientific point of view, so we want to push and shuttle nutrients and glycogen amino acids into the muscles when we're training. The reason why is that blood and circulation, only 12% of blood and circulation uh, is in your muscles when you're relaxed. When you're at weight training, it goes up to 77%. So this is when all the muscle cells are receptive to receiving amino acids, creatine, carbohydrates, sorry, glycogen. Um, and that's why it's essential for us to use like intra-workout drinks, have our carbs pre-workout, post-workout, because this is when our body is like open, like a sponge to absorb all these nutrients. And also it gives us the opportunity to fuel, fuel the machine, which is our body, to perform better, to then the performance in the gym improving will help you aesthetically improve your physique, which is the end goal I'm sure we're looking for. So, um, Yeah, 100%. That is the methodology and thought process behind it. Uh, next question was in regards to why does a very low-fat diet not necessarily mean uh, help with fat loss? Um, so the, the answer with this is it's not the lo- a low-fat diet that's going to make you lose weight. It's essentially overall being in a calorie deficit. So you could have a high, higher fat diet, but providing you were in a calorie deficit, you would get leaner and lose weight. So there's no specific like, reason why having a lower fat diet would make you lose weight. It's the calories being lower that will make you lose weight. There's a lot of like, pre-misconceptions in regards, uh, misconceptions in regards to what's put out from the information, information, information uh, by mainstream media, like you used to get the Atkins diet, which is a high fat diet, and then... I think, is it called like the South Beach diet or whatever? It was like a low-carb one. But like yeah. whatever is a fad in the news at the time gets pushed very heavily. And like generally overall, all of these diets just are the principle of calorie deficit. So what myself and Jeremy both preach from experience, having transformed thousands of people and also our own physiques and our own anecdotal evidence is using a nutrient timing approach. So as we've already discussed in the previous question, uh, using carbs around the workout, but then also being in a calorie deficit is the best way to drive fat loss and also um, retain muscle tissue or build muscle tissue at the same time. So that from experience is what I have found works best for all my clients. Yeah, 100%. And then the other thing to remember is as well is that fat has a lot more calories per gram than carbs do. Oh, yes, double. So- yeah, when, when you're in a calorie deficit, you want to be able to get a nice volume of food to not make yourself feel too hungry. So by adding more carbs over fat sometimes, it also allows you to keep more food in your diet while still maintaining the same deficit that you would if you had the higher fats. And also keeping more, keeping more food in your diet is going to help you stick to and adhere to your diet because you'll be less hungry. And as we know... 100%. The main key ingredient for you getting success is consistency, and consistency will come from adherence, being able to stick to the diet because it's sustainable. So the big thing, like a lot of people um, who come to us say, like want to basically go all guns blazing from the outset. They want to be low calorie. They want to do cardio every day. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa! You need to slow down. You want to get the most results from the least amount of work because we can we will increase the workload as we go as your body adapts and gets used to what it's doing. So you can't go in and use all the weapons in your arsenal at the start 
we slowly bring out the big guns as progress slows down, like cardio or uh, like carb cycling more heavily or refeed days, all these bits and pieces. If you use all of these tools from the very start, once, like if, if you go in, for example, and you're a dude, you're doing 1500 calories um, a day, an hour's cardio from the start, yeah, you, you'll drop a lot of weight very quickly the first three weeks, but then after three weeks, it'll stop. And then what do you do? Do you do two hours cardio? Yep. Do you do a thousand yep. calories a day diet? Like, I know we shouldn't jest, but I, there's like, I know some guys who've done thousand calorie a day of diets recently. And for me, like, that is like ludicrous. Like, I've never, yeah, it's madness. Never ever taken anyone like anything near like that. And like, that for me is what like diet, like, is in the first three letters, die means. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like you're causing a, a metabolic shitstorm. So, if anyone ever suggests you go down to a thousand calories a day, a day, and particularly a dude, that's like madness. So, um, be wary. That will not be something that evil of us will ever say. So, no, for us, exactly. like, it's, it's health and longevity is first, and results are second. So, um, it's just 100%. be wary. Be wary because you've been saying to me, Jeremy, you, you, you hear some shocking stuff that goes on, unfortunately, sometimes. Yeah, no, exactly. And then it's just a recipe for having the most horrific rebound as soon as you finish the diet because you think, I'm craving all these foods. My stomach feels like a bottomless pit that can eat everything. You eat everything in sight and then within under a week, you're back to where you started from eight weeks ago. Yeah, and mentally you're completely scarred like from the whole experience. Yeah, exactly. There we go, there we go. Um... I think that's pretty much it in regards to all the questions. We've got about half an hour or so. Have you got anything else awesome. you'd like to add into this, Jeremy? No, I was trying to have a little scroll through to see whether there was anything other that was quite common that pops up, but I think for now... One thing I'd we, like to add into it, I think we'd be talking about training intensity, which... Yes, oh, that's a great one. I wanted to cover that one. <laughs> having trained, just trained at Pure Gym in Epsom and seen some very lackluster performances, <laughs> um, I'll let you go first and then I'll throw my two, p- two pence. Very kind of you. Uh, yeah, so I'm glad you mentioned that because I did actually want to talk about it and then I just completely forgot. But um, I've had more than one comment uh, from various different people over the uh, last few weeks, months, years or whatever when I've given them a workout saying, oh, this looks like really low volume compared to what I'm doing or I've done this workout and I just didn't feel like I'd worked out by the end of it. But the workouts that I tend to hand out are workouts that I've either done myself or I am currently doing myself. And I can promise you that the problem isn't the workouts. It will be the intensity that you're using because if you use the correct intensity, I promise you, you can feel like you want to finish your workout after the first set of exercises, like the first one or two. Um, and then that's just down to, to the intensity that you generate and how much you push yourself during those workouts. 100%. It's not... If, if you ever think a workout's too easy, it's because you've done, not done it right, correctly. Like, I remember uh, training with Milo Sarche the other week. Uh, not the week, like, I think it was like last month now. And I was literally, like, dying under a bar, and he was, like, shouting at me, like, make it harder, Charlie. Like, you can, you can make an exercise very, very difficult if you want it to be. You just 100%. have to have the mindset that like you don't want to think about how easy you can make this movement. Think about how difficult you can make this movement. The harder you're going to make something, the better it's going to work for your 
it's more to make your muscles work and the better adaptive response your body will produce from trying to cope with the shock and awe you're trying to put it through, if that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. I, that, there, there is no such thing as an easy exercise. No. Like body weight squats, you'd think is quite easy. But if you, Generally, if you try and stop body weight squat for a minute at the bottom, it's hard. Yeah, 100%. But I'll be so, shaking like a madman. Yeah, you can make anything difficult. Um, the other thing I'd also add into that is like think about contractions and what you're doing. So like if you can't contract, a mu- like I can contract everything just sitting here and make it cramp. You can't get a muscle just contract body weight, like doing a calf raise standing, then you don't really have the right to be using it with a weight. So you need to make sure that you can actually move your body correctly and get muscles to fire and have that intention with what you're doing. And then what I'd also like you to think about is keeping tension on the muscle you're trying to train all the time. So think about what you're trying to do and be consciously present. Don't be sitting there between sets, fucking around on your phone, texting your mates, sliding in people's DMs and Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Be conscious of what you're there to do and what you're trying to do with each rep, each set, try and stimulate that specific muscle group. And I promise you, you'll make so much more progress. Like myself, I'm basically like, it sounds a bit crazy because I was going to fairly high level PT, I don't mean that in an arrogant way. I'm getting people to train me now because like I'm trying to push myself as hard as I physically can because I know that like I can't like if I if there isn't someone on my back pushing me, I'll leave five to ten percent in the tank and I have the ability yeah. to like go all the way. But I know that if there, if there's someone on me, like I can go further. So just take that from me. Like you, if you want to get the best results push yourself as hard as you physically can and you'll progress so much further. So much further. Yeah, 100%. I mean, if you take a look at all the top-level athletes, they all have someone in their corner pushing them. We've Every got, single one of them. Tiger Woods got a trainer. He's not bad at golf. Yeah, exactly. He, he, won, so, a few, he won a few tournaments once, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I jest. I jest. Um, yeah, even, even if you don't want to hire a PT, go and work out with a friend. Yeah, get, right. get, get, get kick up the arse and literally like, I just grab people now. I'd be like, if I'm going to do the last set of something, like, I did the other day with Mike Gisson, he was filming and I got Paul Hubbard and I was like, look, just kill me on this V-squat. Like, I want to die. Like, Yeah, 100%. It's, it's good. It's in a way that like, you want to be your best, you've got to push yourself. Yeah, exactly. And it's one of those things where no matter how hard you think you push yourself, having good. someone else there that's telling you to man the fuck up, and sort your life out just unleashes another level. Yeah, and there's always, always. top gear. Always, always, always. But I think that's a very good point to wrap up because I think it's the most important thing that anyone can take home from this podcast. So if you're getting out there to train today, tomorrow, whenever it is, tag myself and Jeremy in some fucking intense sets and we'll share them. So I want to see some crazy stuff going on, clients, everyone who's listening to this. Um, show us what you're made of. And I'll tell you what, whoever tags me in the best intense set this week from this podcast going live, I'll send them a Cocoa Pop Pump t-shirt. So there you go. There's a little competition. So I want to see some crazy 100% love that. We we want to see the most agonizing workout faces possible. Yeah, within the realm of decent form. I don't want to see anyone die. (laughs) If if we feel like we can feel your pain watching these videos, then... That's what you want to aim for. Yeah, take myself and Jeremy. <laughs> but um, we'll, we'll wrap this up here, though. So we're going to do this as a monthly Q&A to try and, again, provide more value to you guys and try and be more on point with what we do. Um, if you've got any questions, by means, drop us, either of us um, a DM on Instagram. So I'm trying to charge off the fitness and obviously uh, Jeremy's custom physique. 
Uh, if you'd like to work with either, just drop us obviously a message. And I hope you will have a wonderful day and keep crushing your training. And Jeremy, absolute pleasure as always. Always, mate. Thank you for having me on.